Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back once again to the Fallout Bar brought to you by Online Darts in association with our friends at Foil Sport. It is night seven and we are looking back at all the action of the Kazoo Grand Sam of Darts in Wolverhampton, uh, joined by two newbies. I say newbies this week, but neither of you have been on the show this week, so far. definitely not new to the channel at all. Um, evening, boys. How are we doing? Start with you first, Liam. Yeah, it's good to be back. I believe the last time I was on was the Grand Prix, so a little bit of a, a break, but I'm back looking and uh, and all the great content that you boys have been producing this week. But uh, it's good to be back on the Fallout Bar. It's good to have her back this week. You blur. You're the good content. Look at you trying to get back in the good book. Did you this for a couple of weeks? Scott, you've been in the background this week. You're on the blog tonight for a superb job as ever. How are we doing, buddy? Yeah, I'm all good. I just went a bit weird not being on from the Grand Prix. Do you just invite the Irish guys on for the Grand Prix and that's it for the full year? Well, even an island this year, but they yeah, but... every night. You keep, keep it the Irish in the Grand Prix year, but yeah. no, I think it was I'm a big not. Sarah from Boyles feel more at home because my <laughs> accent just doesn't, just it just doesn't work, does it? Uh, it does not, but yeah, no, good. It, it was a good night, good quality night, good, good nuts to watch, and you know what we thought of talking about. It was hello to everybody in the chat room plenty of you in saying hello the likes on the stream are already working their way up which is fantastic news already as well um who do we have we have yankee clipper we have andrew we have g's adventures missy is back welcome back missy we've missed you throughout the week malachi is in again of course he is the man pushing for me to be a full-time youtuber he will be on you guys to get like in the stream so make sure you do as he says, uh, I've just seen Rose in the chat result asking about Charlie. We've given poor Charlie a night off, bless him. Uh, he covered last minute last night. Uh, he sent me a message rather apologetically this morning um, asking for the night off. I was like, yeah, of course you can, mate. You've done five this week. 
and we're only on night number seven. Um, so yeah, we, we've mixed it up a little bit tonight, pulled in the reinforcements as you can see. Um, gents, I suppose, after all that, four minutes into the show, we might actually have to talk about some of the darts. Um, Every time we do this, I literally close down the score screen. So I'm just going to get that one open. But it is opening quarter final night in Wolverhampton. Two very, very good games overall. Um, went pretty far in terms of the distance. Neither was overly one-sided. There were moments perhaps where one player led and the other, but they were competitive. They fought back. Um, overall, Liam, a really, really good standard of darts tonight. To be actually... It's been a pretty good tournament in general so far because this is both your boys' first night back on. Let, let's talk about that as a whole up until this stage because, as I said, two games tonight and, and two to look forward to tomorrow. So we, we can we can go on these little tangents just a little bit. Liam, what have you thought of the tournament so far? Because we had that, that big night last night, shall we say, where on paper it was meant to be one of the best nights of darts in a long, long time. Didn't quite deliver, but actually standard-wise, I've, I've been really, really happy with it. Grand Slam this time around? Yeah, I've been really impressed with the Grand Slam. Uh, originally, it was always one of my favourite tournaments with the, the BDO element in there. I feel it kind of lost it last year with the lack of crowds uh, and the players that we didn't have there from the BDO. But uh, overall, this week, the standard has just been brilliant. We've had massive games, massive stories this week, which is always good for for keeping an interest in the tournament. And even though that we've lost that BDO element, I think this week has just been has been a brilliant standard of darts and it will continue to be hopefully now in the next couple of couple of nights. Yeah, Scott, there was a lot of criticism about the fact there were eight spots available for qualifying. When you look at the fact that the likes of Chris Dobie should have missed out, Callan Riggs did miss out, did miss out as tournament um, winners earlier in the year. But as Liam said, and as we've, we've touched on a little bit, I don't think anybody that's played in it has been overly disappointing that there's one qualifier that, that perhaps springs to mind that went on a really really good run to qualify but didn't quite deliver this year and, and that's Mike Decker. he knocks out AD Lewis he knocks out Kim Hybrex barely gets a leg on the board in the group stage but, but that can just happen yeah you have to have some sort of novelty aspect to this or else it just blends into another tournament just like the rest of them so it's good to get new faces and as you say no one really embarrassed themselves Except him, except the deck was a little bit substandard. It looked like fish out of water, but but everybody else really rose to the standard. And I actually think that the oh god, what a comment! But I really like the, the crowd. <laughs> I do want to mention the crowd. I think the crowd have really added to this. I think it's been really good atmospheres every night, especially on the weekdays, which doesn't always happen. Especially in the Grand Prix in the middle of the week is sometimes dead. But crowd have been brilliant. Standards have been brilliant, and the new talent's been brilliant. So the crowd has been brilliant. I think we, we let them off a little bit last night. If, if that had been anybody else up there, perhaps we would have given them a little bit of a harder time in the way that they treated our good friend Mensor Sulevich against Fallon Sherrick. It was a little bit expected. If that was in Germany and that was the other way around and it was Fallon getting better, <laughs> we would have been all in. And perhaps we missed that a little bit last night. But I think, I'll, I'll be honest, I was so caught up in the discussions about players being marketable. I didn't want it to come across as it was an anti-Fallon show. So we moved on from it very, very quickly indeed. Um, but yeah, boys, I think you, you've summed up the tournament superbly so far. We've just one, two, three sessions to go before we crown the winner of the Kazoo Grand Slam of Darts. Um, 
time, boys, then, to actually look at some of the action, starting with... We're going to go in game order tonight, because I get to be a little bit happy about it to start with. Cam's well chuffed he's not on tonight, as is Charlie. They're both in the chat room, boys. You've been superb this week, but you've both earned your night off, so I'm going to sit here and um, be a little bit happy about the fact that James Wade is um, playing some very, very good darts out of absolutely nowhere, Liam. Yeah, look, I mean, James Wade always surprises us and has done through the years how he can kind of flick a switch and turn on his form. Um, I was really impressed with James tonight, I thought. I never really expected him to lose. There was a couple, it was very edgy in the first couple of legs in the first session or two. But once he got that massive 150 checkout, he really turned it on his head. And I was really impressed with the level of his performance tonight. Looked a little bit shaky near the end. Um, but Cross didn't quite click for him tonight. And James Wade, I don't think anyone can, despite his recent form, can be as uh, surprised that James Wade's in the back of another major semi final because that's what he does. He gets to major semi finals, he wins these games, wins major quarter finals. Um, and he'll be he'll be gunning for a crack at Garum Price, I'm sure, um, this weekend. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch that one from behind a sofa somewhere, I think. I'm not sure I can bear that one if it doesn't go <laughs> in a certain direction. Um, Liam, I'm going to be a bit honest. I think you're a bit harsh on that, then. I, I don't think Rob Cross played badly at all. After 10 legs, both players are averaging over 101. I just think that... In those clinical moments when he needed it most, James Wade does what James Wade does. His timing one in the game more than anything. His 1-8 hitting was fantastic for James Wade because that's not normally a skill of his, Scott. But it's just the way he, he kept edging himself in front towards the back end and that pressure told on Rob Cross eventually. Yeah, well, he was only broken once in the entire game, wasn't he? So if you if you do that, you have a good chance of winning anything in that over thirty legs. But it was the third session, I think, that he won four one in legs, and he really should have won five now. He completely murdered Rob Cross in that bit, and from that point, I felt that the wheels really could have came off for Rob Cross. He came back really terrible after the break as well. So from five each to nine six. Uh, yeah, that was where the game was was won and lost for me. And as you say, you say it quite a bit, Gob. You can tell how James Wade's going to perform in the first five, five or six legs. And tonight, that really was it. He was up for it straight from the walk on, straight from the goal. And yeah, he nailed it in that first session for me. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna sit here a little bit smug over the fact that someone agrees with me that I've, I've chat the right thing occasionally because that is the point. Like there have been times over the last few weeks, James Wade form has not been great. Whitewashed by Mervyn King at, I can't remember what that event was last, the World Series last. Yeah. It was the World Series last. Um, disappointed in the last Super Series as well. Didn't really get anything better than the last 32, I think it is off the top of my head. Um, so to have turned up, Liam, lost his first group game, <laughs> given Rob Cross an absolute hiding in the group stage after he was threatening to break Michael Van Gerwen's record average that he'd only set the night before. It's just kickstarted him out of absolutely nowhere. Yeah, and look, he's always a danger in these major uh, tournaments, like you said earlier on. And there, there seems to be a different side to James Wade that we haven't seen before, a little bit more animated on stage. We saw that tonight. We've seen it throughout the tournament. Seems to be enjoying his darts up there a little bit more, letting them flow. Um, and he really put it together tonight with his... Um, 
just looking at the comments on the screen there popping up trying not to have a little giggle but uh yeah that animated uh james wade that we've seen up in the stage seems to be helping him at the moment um and look it's a it's a free crack in the next game from he performed very well again tonight to beat Rob Cross twice in the same tournament is ne it's never going to be easy to beat the same player. Um, and I don't look, I don't like the way that's done with the group stage, but that is what it is. But to do that, especially the form that Rob Cross is in at the moment, uh, I've been really impressed with him. I, I think he is so underrated, Rob Cross. I have a way to do that now. He's going to be full of confidence uh, and he certainly has nothing to lose going forward. I don't think anybody likes that little niche part of the format. Scott, a word on Rob Cross before we, we touch a little bit once more on James Wade. Why not? We're here. Let's revel in it. Um, he, he can win events of his B game. Tonight, I, I think we saw a little bit more than his B game, but he just ran into uh, an absolute freight train in the way that James Wade was playing this evening at times. Um, but he is peaking at the right time of the year, isn't he, Rob Cross, in this return to form that he's had that started as a as a base level in the Premier League, keep going back to that, consistent, just not picking up enough wins and points. It was a 92, 93 average for a lot of that Premier League. There was a solid base there, just wasn't enough in those key moments. And now he's adding to that, he's, he's picking off them moments. He, he, his action just looks a million dollars compared to where it was a year ago. No, you're bang on. I don't, I don't know how many people would have been with us at the start of the year, but I don't know if you even remember this, but for the Masters, I actually tipped Rob Cross to win the Masters back in January. And I'm going to do a Nigel Farage and say, and you all laughed at me. Well, you're not laughing now. So that yeah, doesn't... people laughed at me when I said Michael Van Gogh was in decline and in trouble. And then he went 340 days about a title. I'm just basking in that glory. I didn't glow. Exactly. Right. It just takes a while for the predictions to come true. But, but no, this has been a steady incline all the way through. And I know, I know he won the European Championships about a month or so ago, but Getting put out the quarterfinals here isn't a dip, it isn't really a massive thing. He's played well and got undone by a man who just knows how to win games and really punish you for minuscule things that no one else is going to punish you for. So, yeah, he's still on the right trajectory towards the World Championship. And I've genuinely, hand on heart, I've got a fiver on him to win that as well because the bookmakers are not respecting him at all right now. And I don't know what quarter he's, he's in, but I fancied him for the quarter for... for for, for this event anyway and I feel like he really is the dark horse just like he was three years ago when he won it it would be very interesting indeed um, James Wade gets far too much credit from this platform I don't know who would agree with that yeah. <laughs> I, I can't deny he's one of my favourite players to watch but he's the UK Open champion this year mm -hmm. he is possibly the greatest left-hander to play the game he's one of the best players to have never won a world championship and has won titles in three different decades in the PDC. If anything, I think we understate it a little bit because people don't like his character so much. He is never going to be the biggest scorer in the game, but he still finds a way to win titles. He still finds a way to pick up wins. He still finds a way to pinch people's pockets. You just cannot teach the timing and the knack that he has of, of winning games in those key moments. And I honestly don't think we talk about it enough. So, yeah, thanks yeah. for your comment over and in, Matt, but I disagree. <laughs> Let's then, boys, as, as is always the case, um, we've got clips of both of the winners' interviews this evening. I'm just going to get those loaded up for us now. Um, it will just be a short clip. The full interview will be available 
on our YouTube channel. Don't leave us just yet. I said the same thing every night. We don't want a mass, not in, what's the opposite of an influx? Disappearing act for all of you guys that are sat watching the stream. Um, head over once we finish the show tonight and you can catch the interviews in full. Um, this is James Wade, and I believe he's going to be talking about a very weird incident that we don't see very often. No, um, yeah, I, I, um, I say that because it's like complete relief. Um, it was awful. Um, you know, you just think, Jesus, it's a set of darts, you know, you should be able to retrieve your darts out of the dartboard without the point snapping. You know, I've been, and it seems to be weird because in the last month to, to six weeks, I've had two points snap on me to similar occasions, and I'm really frustrated with it. Really frustrated, you know, because I, I, I play darts with a new set every tournament. You know, my set of darts now that I'm using for the tournament are perfect, and all I do is retrieve them out of the dartboard, and they snap. So, you know, that, that, that needs to be addressed. Um, but you've got managed to get over it, showing. And... Yeah, and it, it wasn't by, by by quality, or it wasn't by playing better. It was it was it was rubbish, absolute rubbish. I was fortunate that Rob bottled it as much as I did, and um, you know I got over the line. I love his take. What what game was he watching compared <laughs> to everybody else? What was a 43% plays 42% on the doubles. Two turn pluses from Wadey. Six one eight. Six one eight is plays seven one eight. A 96 average, 296 averages, bottled it. Yeah, rubbish. Yeah, all right, James. Um, interesting that he does bring up the points um, because his manufacturer are the same people that make the boards. So if there's an issue, it's completely something in-house with him. Um, but I think everybody else is going to get a little bit fed up of us talking about James Wade right now. So we're going to have to move on to, we've gone from the all-English clash to the all Welsh clash and these two just seem to be on a collision course to meet each other every single time the PDC turn the cameras on. It, it's mad how often they've run into each other since they won the PDC World Cup of Darts just over 18 months ago, Scott. Um, and actually, the most recent head to head tends to have favoured Johnny Clayton, but Gerwin Price absolutely loves Wolverhampton. And he is in the hunt once again after beating his partner 16-12. Yes, and I was thinking about it before they went on. And I don't know if... You, I'd like either of you boys to correct me if I'm completely mistaken. But in terms of races to 16 and basically like 32 or whatever it is, I don't know how much experience John Clayton actually has. Whereas Gerwin Price is... We, we know this, he's won it twice. He's went deep in in other competitions won the World Championship, so he knows how to get it done over the long distance. And that's when I felt when it was getting to like the 12 each, I thought that's Mr. Hindsight, isn't it? I could just say this, just you just, would just have to believe me. But from 12 each at that point, there was only one winner for me. I just knew who was going, who was going to have the extra sprint distance to the end. Because I honestly, do you remember Johnny Clayton playing this distance before? Um, he's not good in the match play. Is he? He has a poor record there, which is another long leg uh, tournament. So I don't remember this in recent times anyway. Him playing these long legged form of matches. Yeah, ma match play is poor. Yeah, Grand Slam. I don't think he's reached this stage, and if he has, um, he's lost it because he's not made a semi in the World Championships. He's never been to a quarter final, which is where it gets properly long. So yeah, not fit fair play, Price. I think I think he's. 
his volume was about three times too high for me tonight, to be honest. He was getting on my nerves in the early stages of the game. But, whoa, 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 we're not allowed to say that. People get upset. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too aggressive, but it was just loud tonight. But, uh, yeah, no, fair play. It, it was just better in the final home stretch, and I don't know if it was just because of the length of the match that did it. Possibly. I mean, I'm looking at the stats. Clayton finishes with the slightly higher average. He had nine more tonnes than Gerwin Price. He had three more 140s than Gerwin Price, one less 180. So in terms of the scoring or the tonne plus scoring, he was there or thereabouts, slightly lower double percentage despite getting five attempts less. So the issue there is that he's had too many visits that don't go on that tonne table. If he's missing a treble or so, the 85s or whatever that, that Price is picking up, they're 40 odds or, or just steady 60s from, from Johnny Clayton tonight. Yeah, look, I suppose there was a couple of times that Clayton did drift uh, into the treble fives, the, the, the treble trees there a couple of times. But I think really the deciding factor, um, and I don't think we looked into it maybe enough, is the Clayton 5-1 lead at the start of the match, or the Price 5-1 lead at the start of the match. And Price is a brilliant front runner. And with a 5-1 lead, Clayton was always chasing Price from the, the, the first session, um, really. And for for someone as strong as Garvin Price it's, and he was matching him at times he was outperforming but to, even to get ahead he was chasing all the time and I, I believe that look I'm really enjoying these Clayton Price matches at the moment but even Johnny Clayton found that tricky and in the end it he wore him down enough to just uh, get them last couple of legs on the bounce that won it for Price um, and it was just a little bit too much for Clayton that lead that uh, Price had got um, in the first session yeah, Scott, it was a weird one. As as we've just said there, Price with the big early lead. Clayton does get back level at six each and seven each. And after the big comeback he produced against Gerwin Price the last time these two met, it feels weird to be sat here saying none of us fancied Clayton to kick on because we literally saw it last time out. Okay, Gerwin Price said a lot about it. In his, in his media around this tournament, that he needs to be that little bit more aggressive, that little bit more vocal. We saw that, but I still, I just didn't fancy Johnny Clayton at any point tonight, despite the fact he was getting back level and creating chances. Yeah, I was the exact same. And probably in this as well. I, I can only put it down to maybe if he took the lead at any point, maybe if it was, he won the way, he won the 15th way to go 8-7, or he won the, the, the 14th to go 7-6, or something like that then maybe we would have convinced ourselves that, okay, it's going to flip-flop. But he was essentially chasing. It was just like a dog with one. He chased, got it, and then he got it thrown away from him again. So, no, I, I agree. I don't know what it was. Because, as, as Cam's put in the chat, Johnny Clayton's scoring is deceiving because it's just he's a 140 king rather than a 180 king. And he doesn't turn around and scream in your face when he does it. So when he's scoring as good, it's not as obvious and as prolific as when Price does it. Because when Price is on form, you know it because it lets you know. But that's that's possibly something to do with it. Price was letting us know that he was playing well. And, yeah, just stomped all over as well. He did. And, uh, Liam, it's, it's a little bit of a... Uh, not not a surprise, I think. There were plenty of people that would have had Johnny Clayton favourite in this one, including the bookies at the minute, because the fact that Johnny Clayton has won three televised titles this year, and he was in hunt for yet another one and going prices form in the group stage was that of a man that is just doing enough let's not forget Nathan Rafferty 
nearly put a victory in over him. Martin Schindler got the better of him as well. Um, he hasn't been convincing up until this point. Yeah, and look, going back to Clayton again there first, I think he is still underrated. I still don't believe that people are fully, fully convinced that he is one of the very best players in the world. And look, the, the, he scrapped and scrapped right until the very end again tonight, uh, which just shows how good he is and how good he has become this year. Uh, going back to Price, yeah, looked a little bit shaky um, in the group stages, maybe. But again, coming with Price, he he seems to find that extra gear sometimes as a tournament progresses. And he found an, an, an extra gear tonight. And he's certainly going to need that as it progresses. Um, but he was up for that tonight. He, he'd been aware that jo Johnny has got the upper hand over him in the last couple of meets that they've had. Certainly wouldn't want to lose another one. And I believe that he is the world number one world champ. Believes he is the best player in the world. Uh, and you could argue going into this tournament that Johnny Clayton was is uh, the best player on form at the moment. Uh, and I think that Price would have wanted to reinstate the facts and let us all know that he is still the top dog. Um, and he just loves the Grand Slam. Not only that, not only the top dog on form at the minute, but that win means that even if Peter Wright wins this tournament, he cannot jump above him into that world number one spot. It was only a few weeks ago that Gerwin Price was talking about accumulating two million pounds worth of prize money on his order of merit at any one time. Had he lost tonight and Peter Wright gone on to lift this title, unlikely, I know, given his form. Peter Wright would have jumped ahead of Gerwin Price in the world rankings by £10,000. Obviously, the deeper that Gerwin Price goes now, the more money that Peter Wright needs to accumulate at the Players' Championship and the World Championship if he's going to do that. And obviously, he is defending the winner's money from two years ago, is Snakey. That's right, isn't it? You're both looking at me weird. No, you're right. It was it was the final yeah. two years ago, Price, yes. It's it was, it yeah. was indeed. Right, apparently... I have not seen this yet because Phil Barr has been working away, doing his magic. Rose touched on it in the chat room earlier that we've just uploaded a very interesting Gerwin Price interview. We're about to play you a clip of that and then we're going to react to whatever he says. Um, but I have a feeling, just after seeing what's going around, very well white. I have no idea what I just tried to say there. <laughs> it may very well be about somebody that is going to play tomorrow night that has had a lot of attention on them in the last few days. Yeah, she's she's been fantastic for play. You know, it's it's good for darts, it's good for for the crowd. But you know, some things are Wednesday. You know, give her a tour card, put her in the Premier League. I mean, is he nuts or? I know. He, I used to think he was a good commentator, but sometimes he talks a lot of rubbish. Like, just on what you said there, I take it you're not a big fan of the women's series or America when I get a tour card potentially. No, no, it's just um, I don't I don't mind them playing in it. It's obviously the it's good for good for darts, but I mean, a tour card in Premier League. Now. It's not very often that I claim to be good pals with Gerwin Price, but I'm going to take it at this moment after the way that our online darts WhatsApp group has been going off this week. Did you also, guys, hear the little nervous laugh then from Bill Bars in the background when he said no, put <laughs> her in the Premier League and give her a tour card? Look, Fallon Sherrick is, is one win away from potentially earning a tour card outright on the order of merit. Um, Premier League, but we know it's the travelling circus. We know it's all about who puts bombs on seats. Um, still a little bit apprehensive about that one myself. And I think there are others out there 
that would agree. And it's interesting, actually, to hear one of the top players come out with that because the last couple of nights, the other players have tend to be the party men. Peter Wright come out, okay. He certainly looked like he's been better at that moment, but he was very much towing the party line, saying that everybody should be in, etc., etc. Um, it's interesting to, to see Gezi come out and, and say something that goes in the opposite direction. Um, on to tomorrow night, boys, then. And there are two more quarterfinals to look forward to, the winners of which will take on each other in the semifinals. Um, we are going to go in order, obviously. And for what must be one of the first times in his career, Michael Van Gerwen is not in the prime time slot. He takes on Michael Smith in the first game. Liam, I can see him jotting away. He's already got his predictions written down, or at least he's writing them down now to see if he can remember them back whenever we see him again on the show. Um, you know how this works by now, Liam. You can go first. Michael Van Gerwen, Michael Smith. Where do you see this one going? Yeah, I think Michael Smith has done well. He's done brilliant to top his groups, come out of uh, the group that he was in. He's beaten um, Barney, he's beaten Anderson on his way here. But I just believe this is the end of the road. I think MVG has just been brilliant this week. He's shown forms that he's getting back to that that kind of uh, top form that he showed in 2016-17 when he was at the peak of his powers. And I reckon uh, Smith won't be the man to stop MVG this week. And I reckon that MVG will win 16-12 tomorrow night. And, and a comfortable 16-12, I reckon. Is, is there any other 16-12? <laughs> if you win by four legs, I think you're pretty yeah. comfortable. Guys, you know what to do as well, by the way, in the chat room. Get your score predictions in. We'll try and flash them up on screen for you, such as Malik Ego and MVG 16, Michael Smith 8, Cam going Smith 16-13. That was where I was going to go next with 16-15 Smith as well. There are plenty of us in this team that have backed Michael Smith this week. Just, I'm not even sure why. I just fancied this to be the moment. I looked at the draw, the way that some of the parts of it were opening up. Peter Wright wasn't carrying great form. He still weren't sure which Michael Van Gerwen was going to turn up. Obviously, you had the possibility of Fallon causing an upset, etc. And just the way that the draws worked down, you could cascade it pretty early. Um, Scott, are you in that camp or are you, you firmly with the green machine? I was in that camp. I put my fiver on Michael Smith to win this event at Stacks. He was mine, and I'm completely bottling it, and I'm doing a complete U-turn right now <laughs> because I I don't understand. Like, there's some people in the chat that are going for this, and fair play, but I don't I don't see any train of thought that can lead me to think that Michael Smith is going to win this game. How in a race to 16, I don't. There's nothing in my mind that is thinking that Smith is going to win this game. I'd love for the people to know to tell me where the logic is coming from. Van Gaon just looks like a completely different beast. There's so many Smith predictions coming in right now, it's unreal. But I'm going to go 16-10 Van Gaon. I I think he's a brilliant player, but the way that Michael Van Gaon just destroyed basically a prime Gary Anderson there, I know you're going to hit me with in the Premier League, he played a good game, then he played a bad game. But no, during the group stage, he was sensational. And then he's just backed up in the last 16. Uh, 16-10 Van Gaon. Don't understand how anyone can pick Smith in this game. I'm not going to hit you with anything, mate. <laughs> yeah. I'm not being funny. If Smith manages to win this tournament beating Gary Anders, Raymond Van Baren, or Joe Cullen, 
potentially Michael Van Gogh and could be Peter Wright. Alan Jerick and then Gerwin Price or James Wade. It's surely got to be the big, the best resume in a single tournament That's better than Thornton's UK Open win. 100%. The best, best major tournament win in terms of names that we have ever seen. Put some respect on Joe Davis as well. Badly. Yeah, look, the distance is an issue in this one. Michael Smith producing the very, very top level against Van Gerwen, who is, is back in his own words in, in the Harry Potter memes that we've been taking the mickey about since God knows when this year. Right now, Michael Van Gerwen is back. He looks so zoned in. He looks so focused. The win in the World Series seems to have done him the absolute world of good. And it wasn't even about the way one. It was just getting that monkey off his back to be back in the winner's circle. Um, he, he just looked very, very sharp. The confidence, we're hearing it. He's a lot more vocal. We're seeing he's a little bit more um, jokey in and around the pressure room, which means he's, he's far more relaxed than he has been. He's started to call other people out, which means he's confident he can back up his own game at the minute. Michael Smith has been fantastic this tournament. He, he does look superb. And he, we keep saying it, but he has to get over the line at some point. But I just think it will be in a shorter format tournament. It'll be in one of those where it's first to 10, first to 11. To do it in a first to 16 in this, I'm just not sure the way Michael Van Gogh is playing right now. And because of that, uh, I am with Scott 16. I'm going to split you two. I'm going to go 16, 11. We've got 16, 10, 11, and 12. Nicola makes a very, very good point. Phil's match play in 2017 was special in terms of names he needed to beat. That was that was up there with, with Thornton's UK Open. Those two are possibly the greatest runs you will ever see in terms of opponents. Can make still nearly lost to Gary, though. Mm. Yeah. Did, did we really fancy Gary to finish the job, though? Even if that leg goes the other way? I'm not sure. No. You Gary. missed a lot of, lot of match steps in that last night as well, didn't he? Missed a few. Yeah. I love oh. Gary. He, he's superb. He was always one of my favourite players. Uh, I picked him for the World Championship the year he won it, about nine months before it actually happened. I just felt it was inevitable that year. He, he was so, so good. Um, but he's just, he's just clearly not putting the hours in at the minute. He's a little bit up and down. Um, look, run to the World Championship final previously. I probably understated how he played in that as well. I've had this argument recently saying that he was he was crap and fortunate. He was actually pretty steady and consistent, went over the 100 mark twice, uh, somewhere between 94 and, and 99 for the rest of the tournament was, was very, very good. So, yeah, maybe maybe Gary still got the big ones in his locker if he needs it. Um, we've put it off long enough, though, boys. The final quarterfinal of this year's Grand Slam. And Fallon Sherrick is a victory away from all but stealing a tour card without having one, As, without being a challenge. Just, just from this one event, she will accumulate enough money to basically earn a tour card outright. The last person to do that currently sits one position below her on the order of merit. It's Joe Mernon after he won a pro tour as a challenge tour, got himself into the world match play and earned a tour card that way, Scott. Fallon Cherok is on the cusp of something special yet again. Yeah, I, I, I take a wee bit of umbrage to you saying stealing a tour card. I think we would say maybe earning a tour card would be what we would go for. 
But uh, yeah, so who who would argue at that point if you if, if being Peter Wright's fair? Can't argue about being gifted a tour card because then be the rules. It would be does that warrant a spot in the Premier League? I think would then be the next big conversation. And yeah. I guess we won't go into that tonight. We'll no. we'll go into That's that. Yeah, tomorrow when she wins. P word, but, not again. Yeah, no. Uh, but yeah, no. Well, why not? But it's very doable, by the way, the way Peter is playing. So, yeah, one match away, 16 nights away. And no one can moan, no one can say she's been gifted if she goes for that. Um, 16-3? Sorry, just, I know we've not done... I was just like, like, yeah, yeah, I'll reel these up in a minute. That's a big, big margin of victory. 16 <laughs> um, 14, 16, 7, right. Look, if, without, it seems to be that everybody's opinion right now is if it goes close and stays edgy, Fallon will win. If there's a big margin of victory, that will be in Peter Wright's favour, judging by judging by the people in the chat room. Um, Scott, did you give a scoreline? I didn't. I'm going to be boring again. I'm going to go 16, 10 to Peter. I think uh, over that that distance, I would be shocked if Sherrick averaged over 95. And I would only be a little surprised if Peter Wright managed that. He's, he's very schizophrenic at the moment. He's so difficult to predict. But I have a, a decent bit more faith in him to do it than I do Fallon Sherrick. As good as he is, it's just such a big difference to, to keep that A game up. So, yeah, I think Peter will, will go 16-10. It is, Liam. Scott touched on the fact that Peter Wright has not been in great form himself. He promised he was going to win this tournament before it even started. He's, he's thrown four sets of darts in four matches, but the fact he can do that and he's, he's still in contention, all right, it wasn't the best performance to get to this stage, but he is still in the hunt and he can switch on at any moment. And again, the same thing I just said about Marcus Smith, the worry for me here for Fallon is the distance. Yeah, I totally agree. And I know Peter Wright only averaged, I think it was 90 against uh, Jose last night. Look, that wasn't great. He wasn't the best performance we've ever seen him produce on the stage. But again, first to 16 legs, it's a long, long time. It's different to the best of nine in the group stage. Uh, first to 10 last night for Fallon. Yeah, it was brilliant. But this is a, over a long course uh, play. Peter Wright doesn't usually, isn't usually beaten. And I wouldn't back against him, against many players uh, in the world. And I certainly think Sherrick is, she'd have to play probably as good as she's ever done on TV to to be in with a chance of winning this one. And probably hope that Wright is a little bit off again to to win in a first to 16. So for that reason, I had it written down before as well. I'm not stealing Scott's answer here. So 16-10 to Wright, I've gone with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an intriguing matchup, certainly because Peter Wright is, is carrying such bad form at the minute. Um, the format is the length of the match is the issue for me. That I've, I've got a list of all of Fallon's televised PDC averages in front of me. She's been over the 95 mark twice over this format, and they were they were in short formats. So it's 101 against Mike De Decker and a 96 against Van Gogh. And in that final, which actually was a pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Length of time. Um, the match against Clemens was just a 93 average, but there were four legs on the spin that was 109 average. And if she produces one of those bursts early on to put Peter Wright under pressure, it's not very often Peter Wright does not have 
the crowd behind him, but I suspect that will be the case tomorrow night as well. If she can get onto him early, put him under pressure and, and just make him be questioning everything he does if he starts taking up extra sets of darts. She can get him to change darts after five to ten legs. She is well within a chance, well within a well within a possibility of, of winning the match. If that doesn't happen and he settles early and he finds his range and he, he gets comfortable on the board, I just don't see it happening over that distance. It's such a long way. So many breaks on the TV. Um, and he, he's just capable of, of, even when he's playing badly, He's capable of running at a 95-96 average for two, three hours without even thinking about it. And if, if that turns up tomorrow, I have a, a strong feeling that that would be the way that he wins the match. So for me, I'm going to go 16. I'm going to go 16-9. I think that, that margin is just a little bit bigger for me. Um, but it would be, look, <laughs> how busy is our show going to be tomorrow night if Balan Sherrick does upset Peter Wright? Once oh. again, I'm going to be yeah. saying with Lee Boyce and Liam's here. It is you again. <laughs> two We've in got a row. Up two in two um, for that one. Um, gents, that, that's pretty much the end of the show tonight. Just 40 minutes for you guys watching along. Um, but because there is only four games, that's what it is. In fact, I did this last night and you two are brand new on right now. So... All right, you're an extra round ahead. You've lost Rob Cross. You've lost Johnny Clayton. Who wins it from here, Liam? Um, there's one obvious name that keeps standing out, and on the form that he's shown in this tournament so far, it's going to be very hard to look past Pete uh, and Michael Van Gowen. Uh, <laughs> I nearly <laughs> doubt Peter Wright nearly went in there. But uh, yeah, look, Michael Van Gowen, the form he's shown so far. Look, yeah, I think this is going to be the one for him. I think uh, first to 16 tomorrow night against Smith, when he gets on a roll, he's going to be very, very difficult to stop. Um, and look, we we may be on a collision course for an MVG, uh, Garon Price final, maybe. But uh, look, no, if I had to pick one man, if I had to put my money on it here, I'd say Mike Van Gowen will win this year's Grand Slam. Michael Van Gowen. I'd be absolutely shocked if he didn't at least make the final with the half that he's in. And if you push push me, I'd say yeah, he's better than the other two as well. So I'm going to go Van Gogh. And if anybody's got money on Michael Van Gogh, get it out of there <laughs> straight away because that's just the way that this show works. Um, thank you very much, boys, for joining me tonight for the Fallout Bar. It's been superb to have you in this company. Uh, thank you very much to our friends at Bowl Sports for making this show happen once again throughout the week. A uh, quick reminder then, folks, of a couple of things. Monday night is our 50th ever live lounge show. Myself, Phil Barsley, Boyce, will be taking you through two and a bit hours. Um, we're going to be reviewing the Grand Slam. We're going to be looking over the world seniors that I was at last week. The next part of our blog is coming very, very soon as well. By the way, I'm just finishing up that edit. Uh, we're going to be looking ahead to the Players' Championships, um, and then we've got a couple of things planned for you guys. So make sure you tune in and join us on Monday. Uh, the interviews from both players in full are now available on our YouTube channel. As you can see, Wadey was, um, had a point to make about his point. Uh, Gerwin Price, um, one question about Balan Sherrick, said some very, very interesting things, and there's plenty more where that comes from if you want to head over and watch those now before you do all disappear please do drop us a like on the channel and if you're not already 
make sure you are subscribed. And when you do hit that bell icon, make sure you change the settings to all. I found out earlier that I wasn't receiving our own notifications because it just changed it to personalized. I got Chris Dobie's interview earlier. He was knocked out three days ago. So make sure that you <laughs> double check those before you go anywhere so you don't miss anything from our coverage. It's been an absolute pleasure hosting you guys once again tonight for the Fallout Bar. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, good night and see you tomorrow. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 